welcome everybody to this bonus episode about Amos. I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, for Amos. So we actually have two episodes of Amos. And so we get to do a bonus where we talk about him and explore him. Explore this man a little bit more. <laughs> explore. Yeah. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of information kind of continuing what we talked about at the beginning of the episode about the book of Amos, about Amos the dude and kind of the time in which he lived and his influence on other prophets. Uh, and then Emily is going to talk to us a little bit about men and their dads sleeping with the same Cushions woman. And, Cushions. and that one too. <laughs> Both of those. Yay. Uh, and, then, and then Dedeker, what are you talking to us about? Burning bones. Oh, yeah. The most metal of all of us. Oh, I love that. So metal. It fits with my, my Nordic beer that I was drinking today. Jump in the mosh pit and, you know, find out for yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about Amos. So as I mentioned in the episode, he lived and was active around 750 BCE. Um, so his book is the earliest of all the prophetic books. And I mentioned before that he was a like a contemporary of Hosea and of Isaiah, but he was older than them. Oh. So like they overlapped, but he was even a little bit older. And uh, interestingly, I found out that some of his writing or like things that he said or certain phrasing was actually suspected to have influenced Hosea, but it's definitely seen influencing Isaiah. Huh. Huh. That it's like they, they were aware of him and his works and kind of directly echoed certain sentiments or certain turns of phrase or stuff that he used. So that I thought was pretty interesting, that, hmm. that he really was the trendsetter that we joked about him being. Quiet. <laughs> and he really, truly did set up a lot of that. One of the things that came up in looking into this is that his kind of theme is about justice and part of it being that Israel is not treated differently than the other nations. Okay. And another part is that he was one of the more monotheistic of the prophets in terms of... Some of them weren't? He never mentions the existence of another God. Got it. No, just that he never even acknowledges they exist. Wow. Versus like there are other gods, but ours is the best. He just mm. like never even talks about it. He's like, them. no, there's none. Which is interesting when we noticed that he didn't talk about the sex and religion shrines or when he talked about Sadly. all the bad things people were doing, it wasn't like to Baal or to Asherah or whatever. It was just, they're doing these bad things. It's like he kind of ignored the existence of other gods, mm -hmm. which is kind of, kind of interesting and, and different from the other prophets that we've read so far. Yeah. But he was very into this whole thing of justice and concern for the disadvantaged. And we saw that a few times in the book where he talked about, you know, that you're like taxing people or you're taking advantage of people who are poor or you're selling right. the needy to buy new shoes or, or, you know. You're using the stuff that you've confiscated from them. Right, right, exactly. And the stuff that we read briefly where he was kind of mocking their sacrifices and stuff, I think we might get more of that next week. But kind of the idea is... I guess one of the sort of takeaways from Amos is that his thing was like ritual doesn't take the place of doing what's right. Mm. And so you can't just do sacrifices and then get away with 
doing bad stuff. So it's kind of his thing. So I'm like, all right, that's actually kind of cool. Kind of a cool message where it's like, yeah, okay, you can't just like donate money to charity and get away with doing bad things, right? Like it doesn't okay. excuse that. I thought it was interesting. I also found out that in the Catholic Church, Amos's day is March 31st. Oh, which oh coming up. Soon. Is the day before this bonus episode came out. So this was yesterday as of when this bonus comes out and it's next week from when we're recording it. But so cool. I think it's okay to celebrate a day late, have a party sure. for Amos's day, have a drink for Amos's day. Yay. <laughs> the fun coincidence that that worked out to be right in between. Um, oh yeah. And then one last thing I saw is that that earthquake has been verified by geologists and things like oh, you know, okay. archaeologists so, and stuff that they have found uh, that there was an earthquake during the reign of Uzziah, that there does seem to be some evidence of like broken stone buildings and structures and stuff like that from around this time. Um, and that it gets mentioned in other prophets and stuff even hundreds of years later. So it was a big deal. They say that it was at least magnitude 7.8, but was likely an 8.2. Whoa, so like gosh. pretty significant. Okay, yeah. So you would remember it. Yeah. 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 So everyone knew about this for hundreds of years after time. the fact. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Goodness. Wow. Okay. All right. Tell me about, tell me about cushions. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got two things. So these come from Amos 2.7 and then also 3.12. So in 2.7 specifically, they had this really weird thing that we were like, what is this about? Um, regarding a man and his father will go unto mm. the same maid yes. to profane my holy name. And we were like, whoa, what does this mean? So, okay. It says that they will be guilty of such uncleanliness to have and enjoy the same harlot. And multiple places where I looked at this talked about like the same maid, that it was essentially like, a prostitute or a like harlot. A temple, a temple prostitute. Sure, yeah, something along those mm. lines, which to me, I mean, it doesn't say that. It could be anyone, right? But that's what people thought, that it was definitely a prostitute of sorts. Hmm. So I wonder how they got to that. I know, I don't know either, but that's what they it, it figured that it is, all of like Bible the, study tools and et cetera, et cetera. Some of the other verses right around that one were talking about ways that they were like worshiping badly by like offering leavened bread and stuff like that. So maybe it's like in that context that this also would have happened in a temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And therefore temple prostitute. I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, sure, that's true. But they also say that it could be potentially incest and that a son would lie with his father's wife and the father lie with the son's wife. Ew. Mm, don't I like, like that. I feel like that just feels like that feels like something Eugene would add in to just sort of like make well, it seem more bad. And it's funny without any evidence to support it. <laughs> Sorry, what? No, yeah. sure. And and this specifically, they do talk about the fact that this is from Corinthians and Romans. This idea that you know the name of God is blasphemed among them as if their religion taught them and encouraged them in such filthy actions. So it's talking about the New Testament mm. here. Okay. And this idea of the New Testament, of course. But also... So let's remember this for when we get yes, there. Yes, I know. But also it discusses Leviticus. So it says, A man and his father, both son and father, go to the girl, i.e. the prostitute. The meaning is to one and the same girl uh, to preclude 
let's see. The sin was tantamount to incest, which according to the law would be punished by death. And this is from Leviticus, mm-hmm. 1819, 1815, and 2011. And then it also, yes, it talks about temple girls are not to be thought of here. So that's that's interesting. Just, don't even think about it. Don't, don't even go don't there. Think. Don't think about, yeah. yeah. We know how you get when that. you think about them. Don't even <laughs> do it. The profanation of the name of God by such conduct as this does not indicate prostitution in the temple itself, such as what which was required by the worship of Baal and Asherah, but consisted of a daring contempt of commandments of God. So I don't know. Okay, all right. There's a lot of potentials here, but yeah, it came up, I guess, in Leviticus and also in the New Testament, but we always have to side-eye the New Testament because we're not there yet. (laughs) And we're not looking at it necessarily from that. I mean, whatever. We'll get there. We'll talk about it then. Yes. So I think, I mean, object lesson is not exactly what it was, but they're essentially saying like, this is bad. Don't do this. And this is why you're going to get punished. Yeah. Sons and fathers shouldn't be having sex with the same lady. Yeah. Hire different prostitutes, please. Yes, please. Not the same one. Don't, you know, do it on the same night or whatever. Okay. So Amos 3.12. face is so pained by this. So Amos 3.12, we were talking about this shepherd taking out of the mouth of the lion. Oh yeah, the two leggies. Oh right, I blocked that one from my memory. Yes. So (laughs) shall the children of Israel be taken out in the corner of the bed and they talk about cushions (laughs) and all this stuff. Right. So this is interesting. This is from studylight.org and it says... As the corner is the most honorable place in the East and the couch in the corner of the room is the place of the greatest distinction. Hmm. So the words in the text may mean that even the metropolitan cities, which are in the corner and the most honorable place of the land, whether Samaria or Israel or Damascus and Syria, shall not escape these judgments. And if any of the distinguished persons who dwell in them escape, it must be with great difficulty as the fragments above mentioned have been recovered from a lion. So it is saying the passage is obscure. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. So basically saying that like no matter who you are, how awesome you are, if you sit on these awesome cushions or not, you're not going to escape <laughs> the wrath of God. Okay? Got it? Okay. So okay. I'm pretty sure right. that that's what they're getting at here. Um, it's just funny that they always have to use like this interesting language, but whatever works, whatever works for them. So, yeah. <sighs> okay, you want to find out about burning bones? Always. Yeah. Burning bones into lime? Yeah. Ooh. Wait, yeah, what did, okay, yeah, is that even possible? <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's ancient technology, actually. Oh, okay. Basically, anything that's been around for a while, such as bones, they've been around for quite a while. I don't know if you noticed. Bones. They're old tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know what? Sometimes just... The course of technology fascinates me, right? Like who figured out soap making? It's such an elaborate process and it involved mm-hmm. a lot of experimentation. Yeah. If someone's like, what happens if I submerge this in water for, let's say, 24 hours? What happens if I take this thing and toss it into a fire? Just human curiosity, right? So burning bones is one method of producing lime. Oh, okay. And if you don't know lime, that's a, you know, a mineral that is used for all kinds of things. Burning bones is not the only source of getting lime, but 
lime is used for usually like building materials. So like creating cement and mortar. Mm, that was probably okay. some of the like earliest limestone. use. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, using it for refinement or for wastewater treatment, for instance, or using it in metallurgy as well. Oh. So lime is used for all kinds of stuff. Now, I did not know that the reason why bone china is called bone china is because the raw material for it is bone ash. Whoa. Wow. I know. Burned from animal bones. Now. Gosh. And is that lime? Is bone ash lime? Or are they different? Well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, on this drunk geology study or whatever. Okay. Okay. To answer that question, I would have to go, I'd have to turn it into drunk chemistry study. Okay. And I do not have my PhD in drunk chemistry. So Mm. it would be a little bit hard. But Well, that's all right. Now, here's where I got sidetracked and distracted away from probably being able to answer more of your questions about what Lyme is and what it could be. So I found this section in the Wikipedia page for bone ash that talked about the fact that um, specifically burnt bones have been recovered in a bunch of different archaeological sites from ancient Greece. I guess that makes sense. People are burning each other. (laughs) Jeez, Emily. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean... Well, particularly where they think that this was probably part of ritual sacrifice specifically. And now this line. So this particular line, so some scholars have attributed these altars to, now I'm going to say this word the way that it looks, which I learned is not the correct pronunciation, but I'm just going to say it how it looks, which is Chthonian rituals, but this is disputed. Mm. And it's spelled C-H-T-H-O-N-I-A-N. And so of course I'm like, Cthulhu? Are we talking about Cthulhu? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 I like that. So I learned it's actually pronounced Thonian. The CH is silent. What? Thonic. Thonic or Thonian. And the simplest way I can explain it is that Thonic is sort of sort of the opposite of Olympic. So it's kind of this idea that in the Greek pantheon, there's the Olympic gods who are the gods who live on Mount Olympus in the sky. Olympus, yeah. Mm, okay. And then there's the Thonic gods who live in the earth or on the earth. Huh. So for oh. instance, okay. uh, Hades and Persephone mm. and different agricultural gods as well in the Greek pantheon are considered thonic and that there may have been specifically more rituals that had to do with burning animal bones that were part of sacrifices on altars to the thonic gods. So that's that's a little piece of trivia that's just a complete tangent away from what we were talking about, but I find it interesting. Now you can whip that out at your next cocktail party to alienate everyone around you. Beautiful. <laughs> the, the, the thonic. Could you, thonic. Could you give me an example of how I might whip that out in, in cocktail party conversation? Did you know that a thonic god is this? <laughs> I didn't even know there was a thonic god. I feel like you got to be more pretentious somehow. Yeah, like, oh, that's that's so thonic of you. Well, the yeah. thonic gods would say. <laughs> no, I, okay, I think this mushroom pate hors d'oeuvre, like um, I really love, oh, like it's so... Yeah. Earthy, almost almost thonic, I would say, in its bouquet. Oh, oh that's good. That's good. And no one, no one, no, will, no one be, will stop no one you. Will dare no. to ask? <laughs> yeah, they'll just be like, "Oh gosh, oh gosh, I'm I'm not as smart as this person." <laughs> Indeed, that's what I got. Wow, it's beautiful. So I have one last oh. treat for you. Oh. And it's not even like a delicious treat. It's more of a... Like a mushroom pate. Yeah, like a mushroom pate, yeah. And that's about the whole thing of the three transgressions. Yes. Oh, I mean four. Four yes. transgressions. Yes. 
<laughs> so I looked. Yeah, what the heck was that? Yeah, I, I looked for answers on this from our good friends at Bible Hermeneutics, the Hermeneutics Stack Exchange, mm-hmm. and apparently this pattern, which like the technical term amongst Bible scholarly type people, is they call this the n n plus one pattern. Oh. Whereas, you know, N is it some It was number. like calculus all along. Exactly. <laughs> it truly was. Um, is that you get this, you get a number, and then right after that, you get that number plus one. And usually that number is three and then four, or it's seven and then eight. And uh, Amos does this a bunch of times in, in his example there that we just read today. But apparently this shows up in some other books, like uh, I guess the book of Daniel does it, maybe some other early Jewish writing. So kind of the idea is that to the audience at the time, this would have been kind of a known pattern or a known thing. And it seems like the meaning of it is kind of, it's like for emphasis. Hmm. It's kind of like, they've transgressed three times or like four times, am I right? It's kind of this just like saying, it's like not just have they done it three times, which is a complete number. They've done it four times, which is an extravagant number. Okay, It's like over the top. And so it's just kind of emphasizing how many times they've trespassed or saying that they've done it three times and like, we all know they're going to do it again. Come on. <laughs> this is like that kind of a vibe is, is sort of what all that's about. Interesting. That's cute. <laughs> and now I do have one last fun thing to leave you with. Oh, oh okay. Even one more. And I'm going to leave this at the end because you'll want to take some time, listeners, to enjoy this. Goodness. And this is a website called hypertextbible.org. And the kind of tagline for this is a Bible commentary for like the modern era. And this is one of the best examples I've seen in a long time of a web 1.0 style website where there's iframes in different oh, no. parts, all like really intense colors. Oh no. Lots of hyperlinks all over the place. And then get this. Every 15 minutes when you're on the site, it will take you to an ad page that's saying, hey, this site's available for free, but you see this ad every 15 minutes. But the ad is prompting you to buy this website on a CD-ROM. What? Uh, so that you what? don't look What's at that? the ads and you support the show. It's <laughs> just like, or support the, oh, the site. No. Like, that is amazing. I, it's like we're in a, that is amazing. It's, we're in like a, uh, we stepped in through the time tunnel. Oh no. We're in the late 90s Let's do now. The time warp again. again. I, I love it. So anyway, please enjoy hypertextbible.org. And they have a, some, a lot of commentary on Amos. It's actually, Interesting because they've got hyperlinks on all sorts of words in the text and they show like the Hebrew words of what wow. they are or what they probably are with definitions and stuff. It's actually pretty cool. But the design of this site is wowza, wowza old school. So, oh my goodness, enjoy everybody. Wow. Well, thank you all so much. That's, you know, just some fun times. It's fun also to be back here and doing a more full length bonus episode for you all. Next week, we will be having a quiz because that's the end of Amos yet again. Mm-hmm. And we're looking forward to it. So we'll see you all then. Thanks so much.